0: Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Eddie Robinson is going to be the next head coach of Alabama State. I'm like, couldn't be. He came in reason to root for that team. Everybody thinks they're going to be an owner. 99% of you will never be an owner. Let me hear my Jackson State fans. Let me hear my Prairie View fans. He's a, a master motivator. His
1: attention to detail is second to none.
0: And I have transformed into one of those people. I cook my dog's meals every day or every other day. You can't look at the NFL right now and reasonably say, this team is a Super Bowl team, or that team is a Super Bowl team. This dude might be in the position to do it again. The Washington football team looks pretty decent. You don't want to pay me? I got you.
2: We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region.
1: Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the
0: Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. Ladies and gentlemen, the star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. So glad to be back with you. So glad that you are here. If this is your first time, I'll share some information with you. And if this is not your first time, I have some information to remind you of. And that is namely uh, the website, phone lines, social media, all of that stuff. That's coming up. But we have a great show for you. I'll tell you all about that in just a second. But let's start with with the business at hand. Now, normally, now this is normally, normally you can go to ways and check out past episodes and learn more about us, about the people who you've heard on the podcast. And we'll hear from on the podcast, some stuff from the Friday express and some stage stuff, just a bunch of stuff on that website. Now that's usually, I will tell you a little bit later on in the show what's going on with the website, but you can't go to it right now. What? Sort of make a note, and that's what we'll do. So, that being said, we also have a sports line, 24 hours a day. If you want to call with a question, comment, suggestion, something you want us to talk about, feedback, uh, who you like, who you don't like, what do you like, and uh, you can do that by calling 832 9416614 that's 8329416614 also you know to be interactive you can always join us on Facebook on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade inside of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or the fan page. You can check either of those out, and that's a great way to be interactive. We have folks post every single day some great stuff, some obscure stuff, some stuff we needed to be reminded of, and some, uh, some smack talk from time to time. So all of that on the uh, Sports Talk with Devin Wade page on Facebook, and finally on Twitter at Wade's Word. W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. Well, coming up this episode, we will send our well wishes along to our guy, Eddie Robinson, the now head coach the new head coach of alabama state university you guys hit up the sports line to support him we have that coming up but we have our newest member of the sports talk with Devin wade special teams unit our guy reggie brown now reggie i've been knowing reggie for a long long time since he was new to the pro football game. And I was new to the journalism game. I was a young writer and he was a young ball player in Houston from Alabama state. He and Eddie were teammates at Alabama state, both went to the NFL, but Reggie was a great wide receiver. And of course, he knows a lot about a lot of things. So we're going to catch up with him on some swag this time out and some NFL stuff. But he's a man about time, so he knows all about basketball, baseball, and of course, football. So we'll get his take on that and welcome him aboard because I'm excited to uh, converse with him and have you here, my guy Reggie Brown. That's coming up a little bit later. We, of course, have a Lamont Award for the big dummy of the episode. We'll hear from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, and a whole lot more. So with that, let's get into some headlines and headlines. So many things are happening in the world of sports, but let's start with the one thing that probably no one wants to start with, and that's COVID and its impact on sports. Now, of course, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I am Mr covid i'm just i've been on this i've had doctors epidemiologists i've had all sorts of experts and i have been really beating the drum on getting vaccinated and all that stuff and i know that some people for some people they don't care or some people are like rah rah go 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 and other people like I'm trying to get away from COVID. Well, we can get away from COVID, especially in the world of sports. We found out today that Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski, uh, the uh, Cleveland Browns head coach, and, uh, of course, Baker Mayfield, the starting quarterback, both have tested positive for COVID. So the reason why it's significant is because a lot of guys will end up missing time, significant time. We saw it in the game Monday night with Jalen Ramsey out. And also, who else? It was someone else of uh, significance out in that game. I want to say it was one of the offensive linemen. But it is uh, it's doing damage as far as uh, these games and what it will mean to your fantasy football team. <laughs> For those of you who are going into the playoffs, which I did not. I did not make it into the playoffs or in them which now I'm in third place. Shouts out to Ralph Cooper, the legend, in first place. But it'll have an impact on your favorite team, and it'll have severe impact on uh, playoff implications. Now that Baker can't play, man, that's a huge blow for Cleveland. Now we saw that uh, Keenan Allen was out for the Chargers last week. So, I mean, you're going to see guys, it looks like, missing games down the stretch. And a very important part of the NFL schedule, not that all 17 weeks aren't, but as you head down the stretch, a lot of divisional games, if you're not able to compete at your best, you may not make the playoffs. It's that competitive for those spots in the NFL playoffs. uh, Happening in basketball, they had to sit down the Chicago Bulls for a week. You have Giannis Antetokounmpo. He has covid What is it? James Harden has COVID. I mean, so it's going around, and these are guys who are vaccinated, so that's a a big, big deal. On the court, shouts out to Steph Curry. Now, What an amazing time to be alive if you're a sports fan, to see somebody. Look, there's no argument about what he has done in the game of basketball. You can debate LeBron versus Michael Jordan or Kobe versus LeBron or Jordan versus Kareem versus whomever, whoever you want to name. You can have that discussion and people on both sides will have valid points. When it comes to the best shooter to ever play this game, There is no doubt about it. Steph Curry is the best shooter to ever play in the NBA. And he's revolutionized the game the way Jordan revolutionized the game. He he really, really did. There are seminal players that have made huge, huge impacts in changing how the game is played. You go to Wilt and how he played, and then you look at a guy like Jordan, and you look at a guy like Steph. Those are guys that really change how the game is played. Look at all of the short people at the park shooting three-pointers. I mean, look at anybody feels like they have a shot now, and it's great because, again, shooting is a skill. It's so much more beautiful and I'm not going to say fun to watch because you love the power and excitement, the athleticism of a slam dunk. But it's something skillful, so skillful about being able to consistently hit that three-pointer. You know, you pick that Big round ball into that little round hole. You know what I mean? It's a a beautiful skill, and it's opened up the game. The way he carries himself, it's a beautiful thing to watch how Golden State did their thing. And part of that is his selflessness as a player, but his ability as a shooter is just incredible. It's something to behold. And I don't think there's any argument anywhere about well, he you can argue about all the best in this and the best at that. There is no argument that Steph Curry is the best shooter to ever play in the NBA. So congratulations to him for breaking the record in Madison Square Garden, which that's important to them people on the East Coast. You know, they think if it happens in New York, it's just that much more important. It happens at the Garden or is that the boston garden i don't know but if it happens at msg somehow it's just much more important whatever so there's that now um the other thing early signing day in college football and i don't want to get in the weeds on this thing but a couple of developments something indicative of a change that we've seen coming for the last 12 months i mean you look at What's going on in the SWAC in HBCU football? Well, Deion Sanders, in addition to going to the Celebration Bowl, Coach Prime has flipped the number two recruit in the entire nation. There is a young man who was committed to Florida State who has since committed to Jackson State. He decommitted from FSU and went to JSU. And that's significant for a lot of folks to say, hey, a five-star recruit, We'll go to HBCU. We'll go to the SWAC and play. And I think that's only going to up competition in the conference. You bring in Hugh Jackson as the head coach of Grambling. So that is an established NFL coach, a two-time NFL head coach, and a guy who's connected. He's plugged in the NFL, and now he's at Grambling. And Kevin Sumlin is in the mix at Prairie View. You know my stance on that. If you know, if you listen to KTSU Sports Talk, if you listen here in Houston, if you listen to other podcasts, I'm endorsing Bubba McDowell for that job. That's who I think should get the job. That's my two cents. For what it's worth, that's what I feel should happen. I feel like he should be the guy to lead that program, and he'd do such a fabulous job. It doesn't hurt that he's a really good friend of mine. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that helps every situation. You can go in any situation and know that if you're my friend, it's a little bit better. So uh, those are some of the things. And, I mean, there's a lot going on, and we can get into a number of things. But what I want to do now is hear from you guys. For past episodes or more content, go to wavewordproductions.com Time for... We the people. In the We the People segment, we turn to you guys and get your take on things on the sports line. Those of you who've called and left a message at 832-941-6614, and uh, we also ask poll questions on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group from time to time, and we'll do more of that as uh, we move forward into 2022, almost the end of the year, so it's coming up, but this time out. This is a special We the People because I asked you guys to send your well wishes to to our guy Eddie Robinson, of course, Ed has uh, taken his talents to Montgomery, Alabama, and the plan was to have him here on the podcast and then play the calls for you from you guys, so he could hear those and then respond. Unfortunately, he's in the midst of recruiting and hiring and and doing all the things that head coaches do, and he just didn't have the time to get with us. But he has heard your comments. And I will tell you, he he doesn't emote like that, but he was really, really appreciative of the comments. So let's hear what you guys had to say about Eddie Robinson.
1: Hey, Devin, it's Melissa. I just wanted to call and congratulate Eddie Robinson on his new position. He certainly will be missed on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade. I thoroughly enjoyed when you guys would go back and forth sometimes and agree agree to disagree, and just disagree. But it's been such an enjoyment to have him on the show or listen to him on your show, and I wish him all the best in his future endeavors. Hopefully he'll be able to check in every once in a while, and best of luck. Hey, Devin. It's your boy Ray Miller called in to congratulate Coach Eddie Robinson on his accomplishments, especially up until now. I mean, he's been a great guy to listen to on the radio Really liked hearing his take on all things sports, uh, you know, getting me into the, the European sports, if you will. I got a lot more research to do. But, um, man, you Rob 50. You're going to be missed, man. Uh, really going to miss hearing you on the special teams unit. Man, Montgomery, they're getting a the hell of a guy, man. Congratulations. Coach Eddie Robinson Jr., North that Rolls trippingly off the tongue. I just want to send my heartiest congratulations to you on your new journey and to let you know that you've been an added dimension to Sports Talk podcast with Devin Wade. And I always listen keenly to what you have to say whenever you have something to contribute, um, other sports. And I just wanted to say thank you for that ride. And I'll be rooting for you for every game you play except when you play Texas Southern. Well, I'll be rooting for you especially hard when you play against Ramblin' and Purview. Just remember, beat those two schools, and I'll be happy, well, much more happy for you. Once again, Coach, congratulations, and I wish you all the best, Godspeed, and all the accolades that you have coming to you in the future good health. And um, I know you'll bring a lot to those young men that you'll be in charge of. So you take care and enjoy the ride. And hope to see you on the sidelines when we beat your team when you visit Texas Southern University. Hey, this is Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver. I just wanted to congratulate Eddie on his great accomplishment of getting the head coaching job at Alabama State. So very proud of you, uh, Eddie, man. And hopefully, you know, uh, I get to see some games. But first of all, please hire me to be one of your coaches. But again, just having fun with you. Congratulations again, man. Hey, I know you are doing a great job. All right. Good luck.
0: So, that's what uh, you guys had to say, and he was really moved by that, and he was really grateful to hear those comments. So, let me tell you this, let me before we get out of here, because we still have Reggie Brown coming up, and I'm looking forward to you guys hearing him, but let me say this. So, one of the things, you know, his, his nickname, his affectionate nickname by us on the podcast, he was our European sports nerd, whether that was cycling, the Tour de France, the Tour of whatever country or whatever weird things that he was into formula one was one of those things and i have to tell you this i got pulled into that and i got pulled into that because the final race of the season for the championship the formula one championship was sunday morning i got up at 6 45 i didn't i didn't get up for it but i woke up and then i said you know what let me watch this and it was uh, it was in Abu Dhabi is where the race was, and Lewis Hamilton, only African American to ever race Formula One, was tied with Max Verstappen. So there was a controversial beginning when Verstappen forced Hamilton off of the course, and Hamilton jumped into the lead. It was a lot going on. It was a very exciting race in the way. In it's a relative term because you're talking about Formula One. It's not like NASCAR where you're gonna have seven, eight lead changes. You, you that's not gonna have it. You may have if you get three, and this is just from my my short experience with F one, if you get three or four changes in the lead during the race, it is like an exciting race. You know what I mean? Like it's really a big deal. So, okay, so now Lewis Ham, let's just, let's just fast forward to the end because I'm I'm done with Formula One. And they cheated, and I hate the way they did it. And I don't know how this will play out. I guess they're not going to hear any of the appeals. So uh, let's fast forward. Lewis Hamilton leading the race. He's coasting. They're talking about his place in history. I think he has maybe three or four more laps. And Verstappen is just not cutting down the gap wide enough. He needed to take off eight seconds of uh, 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 a lap, and he just didn't have time to catch him on new tires until there was an accident. And what happened was now they had to go under under caution. They had a safety car come out because of car crash. So now all the cars have to slow down. And a lot of folks, I mean, and obviously they catch up. They bunch together. Hamilton in the lead. There's one, two, three, four lap cars behind him. And then Max Verstappen, who's in second place. So the drama is building, right? But it still looks like, this may not go green again. This may end under yellow. So the question comes about, do you let the cars that were lapped overtake and come back around? Or do you not? Now, again, I don't know how they do things specifically. But you know cheating when you, and you know mishandling of things when you hear it. So initially they said, no, we will not allow overtaking. If that didn't happen, so what happens now is Verstappen not only has to catch Lewis Hamilton, he has to pass three or four cars before he is right directly behind Lewis Hamilton. So that pretty much makes sure that Hamilton will win the race. Because, again, all things being equal, nothing happened, he would have had to pass those cars anyway. So they say, no, you're not going to be allowed to overtake. And then after some lobbying and heaven knows what else, Formula One said, well, yeah, we are going to let them overtake. What? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And, of course, in the midst of all of this, Verstappen took a gamble, got fresh tires. Now, Lewis Hamilton is on old tires, 43-lap old tires, which, again... Even if you don't know anything about Formula 1, just take my word for it because I've learned that, yeah, that means that Lewis is just not going to be as fast. He's not going to be able to go as fast into the corners and come as fast out of them because he just didn't have a traction. It's just like he didn't have a grip. And so they did one lap, and, of course, Verstappen won his first championship and his first Formula 1 championship, and I vowed to never watch Formula 1 again. I may do something to support Lewis Hamilton, who's being knighted this week, I think, which doesn't mean nothing to us in America, but it's a big deal for him. But yeah, Eddie brings that into our lives on the podcast And now they do that foolishness. Just ridiculous. I was so, I was really, you know, again, I have not watched a lot of Formula One. This is the first year I watched it. And I'm not going to say I'm just a huge fan. There's some nuances in there that I can appreciate. But I cannot appreciate the indecision and the flip-flopping and the, the the lack of clarity. It seems like they violated their own rules. But thank you, Eddie, for introducing me to uh, Formula One. But no thanks. You got it. <laughs> We're going to take a brief time out. We still have our conversation with the brand new member of the Special Teams Unit, Reggie Brown. And we have a Lamont Award. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anyway you get your podcast.
1: Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages six weeks to five years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit BrighterBrainsLearningCenter.org. org.
0: Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Welcome back, and have a little bit of uh, breaking news, at least for the podcast. When I started the podcast, this was not breaking news, it's happening. Sort of as we speak, or has happened and has come to my attention. Urban Meyer fired at Jacksonville, so he's done. What a debacle that whole thing was. But you didn't give a guy like Eric B. Enemy a shot. Or there number of minority candidates that would have uh, represented your organization a hell of a lot better than Urban Meyer did. He didn't give a damn about none of it. And they ousted him. And uh, not that we'll talk about this further, but I wonder what it will do for the development of Trevor Lawrence as uh, we move forward. So with that, I want to tell you guys about the website. So, again, you know, I, I have come to you guys before. If you want to make contributions, you can go to LiberaPay, L-I-B-E-R-P-A-Y. It's one word, Libera Pay, and make contributions. I talked about in the past how it's important that we have some financial support to keep uh, doing and going and growing and doing what we do. And one of the reasons why is, okay, my website is down. So let me explain to you what has happened to me as it was explained to me. So on my website, I was told that there was copyrighted materials on my website. Then three days later, which I did not see that email. So three days later, I get another email and they said, oh, you didn't remove it. So we're going to suspend the website until the uh, offensive or copywritten material is removed. Come to find out what happened is I have a forum on the sports talk page on the website And some bot or someone, I don't know who did it. I don't, I don't think any individual did it to sabotage me, but nonetheless, it was done. However, they wouldn't let me back into my account so I can clear it and remove it. He says to me, the guy who I'm speaking to, who was not here, he was abroad and he told me that I would have to hire a software developer to find out exactly what does he say what i guess a developer a web developer whatever to find out where it is so he can remove it on through the back channels so obviously i was frustrated and i took that frustration out on old buddy (laughs) it didn't do me a bit of good other than he threatened to end the call Uh, and so now i'll be looking for a developer to fix the website so normally you can go to wayswordproductions.com but you can't now And maybe by the time you hear this, it'll be fixed. So hopefully we'll work on that and see. But that's why we come to you guys for your support at Labirpay.com and look for the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page. You can make a contribution monthly, one time only, whatever, however you want to do it to keep us going and growing and getting bigger and better and able to do what we do. Going to take one more time out. And I said we were going to hear from our resident DJ, but instead I forgot about this. We have Christmas music from a friend of the show, Terry Donald. And, of course, I'll tell you how you can have your music heard on the website after this message and a little bit of Joy to the World by Terry Donald. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anyway, you get your podcast. Music by Terry Donald Joy to the World that's available on Spotify on Apple Music Pandora on Amazon you can check that out Terry T-E-R-R-I-E Donald and of course her music has been played on the podcast before I wanna send shouts out to her husband Paul Donald who's a big time member of the Friday Express group on Facebook that's the uh, Friday show I have in Houston radio, the uh, music show on the radio station KTSU so shouts out to Paul uh, Paul Donald and Terry Donald. And if you want your music heard on the podcast, just email us, music at Waid's That's music at Wade's word Productions. We'll play a snippet at the halfway point or an extended portion of a mix. And uh, we'll play a larger portion or an entire track at the end of the episode. So again, check that out. Terry Donald, thank her for that. Give us a little bit of Christmas spirit around this piece. With that, want to bring in Reggie Brown and our conversation that we had. And for those of you who are listening for the first time uh, we affectionately call our group of uh, sort of frequent guests the special teams unit because they have specialties i have a, a, a specialist who knows a lot about basketball reggie is a specialist because he was a professional football player we have professional writers and they all have a special skill set and uh, thus uh, an affectionate moniker for those uh, wonderful folks and we call them the special teams unit we'll still hear from all our other folks but we We'll hear frequently from Reggie Brown, here is our conversation. As promised, the brand new addition to the special teams unit, a guy we intend on uh, talking to quite a bit. Over the next couple of months, and maybe beyond that, uh, our guy Reggie Brown, hey man, welcome aboard. I am so excited to have a conversation with you and get your take on a number of things. How are you this afternoon?
2: I'm excellent, and I'm uh, super, super excited about being a part of the podcast. I'm a fan of the podcast, and now to be able to participate in the podcast, I'm just super excited and ready to go.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about you. You, of course, played at Alabama State. You had a, a, a tremendous career there, and we we mentioned this, Eddie and I, Eddie Robinson and I, mentioned this on the podcast that you are going to be in the first class of inductees into the. Alabama State Sports Hall of Fame and so you had an illustrious career there and then you went to the NFL tell us a little bit more about your football career in college and in the pros
2: man I've been extremely blessed man you know to play at Alabama State University and then play with the Houston Oilers for three years and you know get inducted into the hall of fame you know i did some college coaching at delaware state and also texas southern and just been a a great ride man and now you know to be a part of this podcast and be able to keep the sports going man it's i'm I'm just overwhelmed sometimes i have to pinch myself you know to be inducted (laughs) into the first class of the hall of fame in alabama state A kid from miami uh, who the very first time I saw the campus at Alabama State, I was enrolling there. So, you know, I've just been very, very fortunate.
0: Well, you know, you I met you uh, back then when you first uh, were with the Houston Oilers and we connected because of the swag ties and just, uh, you know, it was just – I think we were both really, really young and really, really new, and it was good to have each other to converse uh, with from time to time. And, you know, you played in the NFL, and this was a – you were – with the Oilers at a very tumultuous time. It was a lot going on. It was a lot of drama. There was, it was a lot that went on with that team. Tell us a little bit about those years with the Oilers.
2: Man, I, I tell people we probably had one of, if not the best football teams in the NFL, particularly at that time. You're talking about, we had 11 pro bowlers on that team. And, you know, we had a good coach and a great coaches. But synergy and togetherness means something, man. And we had a lot, as a team, we had a lot of great players. But I, I tell people all the time, we had a lot of individuals. And individually, in a team sport, you're going to get your butt whooped and eventually. And so we were able to win a lot of games, but when it got tight and tough, we didn't have that togetherness that got us over the top. And, you know, the coaching staff with Buddy Ryan and Kevin Gilbride, you know, they had personality conflicts. They were competing against each other rather than seeing the offense, defense, and special teams as a part of a, the team as a whole. And so some of the things I saw, man, I could not believe was happening in the NFL. Uh, but again, it was a great ride. It was a lot of fun. But ultimately, we never were able to get to the big dance because we weren't together as a team.
0: Well, yeah, and I think, uh, and of course, uh, you play this over and over in your mind for me as a a fan and a, a budding journalist. And I think one of the things that you point back to is, and I think something can be said for what you're talking about, especially when Buddy came and it really changed the energy of that that locker room it was offense versus defense you saw scuffles and stuff and you saw more of it than i did but you saw those things happen but i also think that bud adams he cut some corners you didn't have a dependable kicker the whole time doing that run you didn't have you know you added Mel Gray a little bit too late, but you didn't have you know great specialists uh in re- in the return game for some of those years. And it was just you brought in a guy like Webster Slaughter that was a little bit divisive in the wide receiver room, so I mean yeah, I think there were a lot of things that went in from an ownership standpoint that I think added to that. What's your take on that
2: yeah i I think that you know as a player. particularly myself, being a young player at the time, those weren't things that I was involved in or even engaged in. You know, for me, it was just about trying to make the team and trying to stay on the team. You know what I mean? So a lot of that was uh, probably over my head. I still think that collectively as a team, man, when you're talking about three Hall of Famers on that team and Bruce, Mike, and Warren, you're talking about Haywood, Ernest, and even though Webster was divisive, he was a great addition to the to the offense, you know, and then you had Lorenzo White defensively, you had all of those guys, William Fuller. So I think that we had enough in terms of the players that we had. you know, no no team is going to have everything that you want or need. But I really think it just goes back to we were a, a lot of great players, but individuals. And there was no one to be able to bring everybody together. I'll give you a perfect example. I remember the Buffalo game when uh, things got rough. And, you know, everybody remembers that game. We were up 35 to 3. And all of a sudden, you know, the score is 35 to 21 or something like that. And I noticed that Warren was sitting on the bench by himself. And that made me say at that point, we're going to lose this game. You know, because, you know, your quarterback is supposed to be either with everybody or everybody's supposed to be around the quarterback and talking about what we're going to do. And Warren was by itself the whole time that they were coming back. And there was never a let's get together and let's, you know, fight together. There was none of that. It was just go out, three and out, they score and nothing changed, and I, I remember that. That reminds me of how we just weren't together as a team collectively.
0: And uh, Just to clarify on the Webster-Slaughter thing, I don't think he individually was divisive. I think bringing in a guy that really torched the the Oilers when he was with the Browns, he just torched the team, and then, yep. uh, of course, you had the departure of Drew Hill and that that rubbed some of the guys, especially in the receiver room the wrong way, because Drew was such a... and I know Warren loved having Drew as a receiver as well. Now, I talked to Eddie. He said that, you. he mentioned, he said, oh, man, he had the best hands anybody ever played with. Now, let's talk about that receiver room because, again, you had some tremendous receivers when you talk about PC Pat Coleman. You had Curtis Duncan. You had Haywood. You had Ernest. You had Webster. Talk a little bit about what what was it like to be in that receiver, that receiving group?
2: It was nuts, man. I mean, you're talking about personalities galore. Haywood didn't seem to care about anything. I mean, he was just a happy go lucky guy, you know, come Sunday, he's going to be ready to play. But during the week, you know, he was just a fun guy. You had Curtis Duncan, who was ultra serious. Ernest Gibbons, man, <laughs> just a nutcase. You know what I mean? <laughs> but in a good way, right. but in a good way, you know what I mean? And so, and then, uh, Webster again, and I think one of the things that you may be speaking of is Webster was such a competitor that that could have, along with torching the Oilers prior to getting there, could have rubbed some people the wrong way as well. Because this dude, I mean, he competed on everything. If you were playing marbles, he competed. And, you know, he he didn't see it as all we just playing. He was trying to win, and so... The the, the receiver room was, was phenomenal the whole time I was there, but just a great bunch of guys, great talent in the room, and again, enough to get us to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I remember. Like I know, y'all. What I think was Tuesday nights or Thursday nights was receiver night. Where y'all, all y'all would hang out uh, Thursday or go to
2: the, night, Thursday exactly.
0: night. Yeah, I remember. Remember the game they played on, with uh, with the numbers. Was it Mor- or and and you would throw Mordai, yeah, yeah, and Chingway and Trey yes. Octo Noving. Yeah, yes. that that was something that got really competitive over at Bennigan's a couple yes. nights.
2: So, yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes. Wow, you remember that. That just brought back some really good memories to me just being over there at the end of games with all the receivers. And if you remember, it, you know, all of a sudden, the D B started showing up and the offensive linemen started showing up and so it really turned into a thing. And... It's unfortunate that it didn't translate to team togetherness as we went through that run.
0: Yeah, and, and you can replay the Buffalo game and the Kansas City game over and over again. And it's, it's it's just the agony that we'll have to live with as Houstonians. And, and for you, a former Houston Oiler, uh, something you just have to have to live with. It's still the worst. I mean, it was just the worst thing ever. But I want to shift gears a little bit because what's important, and there's been a lot of buzz about the SWAC, the swag is blowing up in ways that probably surprises you. I know I've been calling games for 30 years. It surprises me. It's just an amazing time for the conference. What's your take on what you've seen with all this energy around the Southwest Athletic conference?
2: Well, I think that, you know, I don't want to belabor the point with with Deion at prime time, but I think what he did for the conference is is help us to kind of regain some of our glory. You know, prior to, in the 80s, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, SWAT was the ticket. But with the advent of pushing sports on TV and we weren't able to get those TV contracts, et cetera, et cetera, we kind of got lost in the shuffle. Dion has brought that back. And, you know, it has brought back excitement. You know, not just to Jackson State, but to all HBCUs, and I think it's forcing, which it should not have had to do. So I'm going to say that it shouldn't have taken Dion to come to the SWAC. The SWAC is a, has a very, very proud tradition. The SWAC produced Jerry Rice, Walter Payton. Steve
0: yeah.
2: And it- so Dion's presence should not have had to do this. We have enough history to have created this for ourselves. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But fortunately, now it has happened. And, you know, I talked to a lot of HBCU grads and, and different people, and we have to really make sure that we capitalize on this momentum. Um, that's going forward
0: yeah and I think that uh, you talk about the George Floyd incident and, and all yeah. of that went on uh, and I will say this prior to Dion getting there I think with Dr. Charles McClellan who's a friend of the show been on the podcast yeah. many times I think yeah. they had the, the conference on the right trajectory yeah. it's just that boy you talk about rocket fuel uh, Dion was able to add that so this is what I want to ask you about and, and we want to get into some NFL stuff in a little bit as well but I do want to ask you this and this is sort of been my take so i have been again i don't have a a, a, a voice for the purview folks okay because obviously i'm i broadcast texas southern sports so I'm, I'm a tsu i'm tsu through and through but i have been lobbying on twitter and other places for bubba mcdowell to get the job at purview he's been the interim coach a couple times for the program including now and he's also been through three different coaching staffs. And he's paid his dues in the SWAC. And then I wonder if this quest for high-profile names will be costly to the conference in the long run if guys just use it as a stepping stone. And, and I mean that. Not, like, I think Eddie is the exception to that because, obviously, he's SWAC through and through. He's he's a... a, a a made man in the conference. He's dedicated to his university. He's dedicated to the conference and that's never been in question, but I think you you bring in a Hugh Jackson and Dion. And if you're talking about, you're hearing Kevin Sumlin's name and then you're hearing that Rod Woodson and, and also Ed Reed and Ray Lewis are all wanting to have these HBCU jobs and you're missing out or or skipping over some guys who've been career sweat guys. What's your take on that? is it, is it, still just good to get those big names or could it be costly in the long run?
2: Well, I think, so first I'll talk about uh, Bubba who, you know, I played with Bubba at the Oilers and, you know, he's just a great guy. You know, he's a, he's a hard worker and he's a name, you know, so Bubba again is one of those guys who, who fits both bills that you're, you're talking about. He is a name, but over the last 10 to 15 years, guy, he's been indoctrinated into the SWAT, right? And so Bubba should clearly get that job, in my opinion, you know, based on everything that you're looking for. If you're looking for an NFL guy, Bubba fits that bill. If you're looking for an NFL guy who had a successful career, he fits that bill. If you're looking for a SWAT guy, he's that. So Bubba fits that when you start talking about beyond Bubba and what's going on, I think that you really have to look at each candidate individually. Right. So I don't think that you can put the, so Hugh Jackson is a name, but Hugh Jackson has been a very successful coach, you know, wherever he's been except in the NFL. Right. So I had right. an opportunity to talk to Hugh Jackson and uh, you know, when he was at USC he did a great job in recruiting. I think he recruited three of their Heisman Trophy winners at USC. And so you can't just say, "Well, how does a guy like Ed Reed, right? You know, what is his professional acumen? You know, is he able to present well at the at the at the media level?" So you have to kind of look at all of those. So I don't think there should be a rush to go out and get nfl guys to come to the swag i think what should happen is you should get the best candidate and if that best candidate happens to be an nfl guy then so be it i think that you don't oftentimes you you don't get what you deserve you get what you earn and uh unfortunately some of this is not based on earning anything some of it is you get it because you're just the NFL guy. And I don't think that should be the case. I don't think that we should just be, Oh, he's an NFL name. Let's grab him. Dion. There's only one Dion, right? Right. And so Dion gets to do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he, he gets to do it. Everybody else got to bring some other things to the table. I'll give you an example, Eddie Robinson of why he deserves and earned the Alabama state job. Eddie is, uh, you talked to some of his coaches. I talked to Greg Williams, you know, not too long ago, um, who, you know, was the defensive coordinator, head coach in NFL. And he said to me, man, Eddie is one of the, the smartest players I know. Eddie was the coach on the field. Eddie put the game plan together for the defense, and so Eddie brings that type of credibility to it. Eddie will be able to find good coaches. He's a heck of a guy. He'll be able to recruit, and more importantly, Eddie's the type of guy who's going to make good decisions, right? He's going to do the right things, high character, high morals, high integrity, all of those things. And so when you think about bringing a coach in, I think that you have to really look at all of those factors because just because you're a name does not mean you can handle the sweat. So I think you have to look at all of those factors and again, make the best decision you can without eliminating the guys who've paid the dues, but also without eliminating some of those names who might bring recognition to the conference you just don't eliminate them as well. You got look, to look at both of those and make the best decision you can.
0: Yeah, big day for the SWAC, big week for the SWAC. I mean, a couple big things happen for uh, Texas Southern when you talk about Megan, V stallion, graduating from Texas Southern. Very also, good. Yeah, Stray Hand going uh, to, to space on the Blue Origin uh, rocket. You look at uh, w- what happened today, Dion flipping a a uh, recruit who was committed to Florida state. Now he's going to Jackson state. And of course, Eddie uh, did the same thing with a kid, uh, a highly heralded kid that was, committed to Ole Miss and has since committed to Alabama State. One thing you told me when we first talked about this is that if Eddie can get in the living room, he's going to convince that kid to come to Alabama State. Talk a little bit about that part of it, because I don't think people know that part of, of Eddie in that way.
2: Well, I think that Eddie is is such a flexible guy, right? And he's such that type of guy that whatever – forum he's in he's able to adapt and so if he has to be ultra serious he can do that uh this guy is a comedian when it comes to telling those jokes but again it's in the environment that he's in so he'll be able to meet those kids and their parents at their needs you know he'll be able to talk to them in a way that they can understand why Alabama State is the best university for their kid, and more importantly, why is he the best coach to help grow and get their son ready and give them whatever opportunities they're looking for. And so that's the the, the great thing about Eddie. He's just such a flexible guy he's able to meet people at their needs and give them exactly what they need to be successful and i think he'll do that as a recruiter as well
0: final question about uh, college before we get into some nfl stuff celebration bowl coming up this weekend pretty big deal and it's already sold out and then you have 50 plus thousand uh, at veterans memorial in jackson for the swag championship game Uh, what's your take on uh, those two games and sort of the attendance and the energy behind those two games
2: well, again, I think that this is bowl season and uh, everybody's excited about the bowl. And again, we can't discount what primetime has brought to all of this. Right. But I think what you're going to see is two very good football teams. They're going to compete. That I think they're both going to be prepared. And, um, you know, I'm a SWAT guy. And so Move I'm going the with the SWAT. <laughs> uh, but they're going to have to be ready to play. You know they're gonna have to be ready to play, and and again I, I think that it's lost in this uh, some things are lost. When I was at Alabama State my senior year, we went 11-0 and one, and we were an attraction. You know we played in the Magic City Classic with 60-something thousand people. We played in the Heritage Bowl. The swag has always been an, an attraction. People will come see us play we just have to do a better job of promoting ourselves and putting a product on the field that people are proud of. But none of this surprises me. And I'm just glad that it's come back. And now I think under the leadership of Dr. McConnell, as you said, it's just going to grow and grow and grow. He's a, a bright guy, very innovative, really studies the swag and And the analytics behind everything that's going on, I think that this conference is just going to grow and grow and grow.
0: Yeah, well, and I'm excited about it as well. Of course, uh, we had we took some lumps this year, but we made uh, leaps and bounds talking about the Texas Southern program. And we have a young uh, phenom, and quarterback that's going to be talked about for years to come in the conference. So uh, watch out for those TSU Tigers. Want to shift gears, uh, talk some NFL, because, hey, I brought you in here for all sports. Now, we won't get to the NBA tonight, but let's talk some NFL. I mean, it's a crazy season. Now we're starting to see COVID Really start to impact these games. What's your take on uh, this? Because now we hear that Kevin Stefanski, head coach of the Cleveland Browns, he tested positive today for COVID. Baker Mayfield tested positive today. That's a huge, huge impact on uh, on what will happen on the game in the game Sunday. What's your take on COVID in the NFL and the NBA for that matter?
2: Well, I think that it starts with, you know, we as a country have relaxed, right? We, you know, at one point were masked up and we were taking the precautions, you know, you couldn't get Lysol, you couldn't get hand sanitizer anywhere and now, you know, the shelves are stacked. And I think that we've gotten comfortable. When it's when you think about the NFL, this is by week. You know, the last three or four weeks there's been a lot of bye weeks coming and so people have been going and traveling and doing those things. And then you look up and they're bringing it back to the facilities. And so the fact that this is happening should not really be surprising, right? Because COVID is still real and alive. And, you know, I don't know if the NFL put the proper protocols in place or had those proper conversations with players, you know, to really say, hey, be careful during these bye weeks and, you know, don't get comfortable. And it's going to wreak havoc over the next couple of weeks. I mean, you're talking about teams on the bubble that, you know, you you lose one or two players. You know, Cleveland is a perfect example. You know, they're right on the cusp. You know, they get in or not get in, and then you lose your quarterback. You lose a lose – a, I think they lost a right guard. You know, you lose two or three impact players. And tight all of a sudden end, Austin
0: you're tight. Hooper. Austin Hooper's out.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're tight end. Now, all of a sudden, you're on the outside looking in from the playoffs and part due to, you know, COVID and, and players having to sit out.
0: Yeah, now let's look about look at the, the standings because, again, this is a wide open season. Wide open. And, uh, I mean, if you had to name a favorite in the AFC Who's your favorite at this point? Is it Kansas City at 9 and 4? Is it New England at 9 and 4? Is it uh well obviously the Ravens I think have, t- have t- taken a step back especially depending on the injury uh, to Lamar Jackson. But Tennessee is 9 and 4. What what's your take on the AFC?
2: I don't think that that until you beat Kansas City they're going to be the favorite. I mean, Mahomes, at quarterback, they still have enough talent around him. But again, it's like you said that that Mahomes, you know, gets in a pro- COVID protocol, then there you go. And I want to knock on wood, I want to speak that over his life, but I'm just saying how teams manage COVID I really think it's going to have a lot to do with who's able to get into the playoffs, who's able to go run through the playoffs, and who's able to be the top seed. But if I had to say right now, it would be Kansas City. I mean, the defense is playing much better. They have really boosted the defense. And so I think that offensively, they're going to be fine. They haven't been throwing the ball around the park like they usually do. But I I think that that is, you know, that's the switch they could turn on whenever they get ready. I think a lot of it had to do with their defense not being as strong. And now their defense is coming around. So I fully expect that. Kansas City will be in the AFC Championship game.
0: Well, you got a sec. I would say, you, if you look at the the records, the second tier teams. Let's talk a little bit about those. You have a, a team like Buffalo that's seven and six. You have a team like the Indianapolis Colts uh, that, that you know, nobody really wants to play them. And Jonathan Taylor, they're seven and yeah. six. You look at the the Chargers, eight and five, and Denver, seven and six, and really the Raiders, six and seven. After all of the things that they've gone through a, as an organization.
2: And don't leave out Miami Dolphins six and seven.
0: Well, you know, you're right. You're right. The winners, winners are five straight. The only hotter team is the Kansas City Chiefs who won. Well, the Patriots have won seven straight, and the Chiefs have won six straight. But right there with them, you're right. Miami's playing some good ball. Have we been unfair to Tua Tungavailoa?
2: First of all, just me, as, a, the as a as a credit to the show, I'm from Miami, so I grew <laughs> up a Miami Dolphins fan. So let me just say that. But I, I do. I think that a lot of times, is Mac Jones a great quarterback or is he in a great system? And I think that with Tua, Miami over the last two years has not done a great job with him. You know, they haven't given him talent. They still have not addressed the offensive line. In the last two years, he's been the most sacked quarterback. But I think that now they have at least developed some form of an offensive identity. They they know to get the ball out of the, out of his hands quickly because they can't protect for him. And they don't have the players to that. They don't have a running game, so a lot of it is smoke and mirrors. But I think over the last five weeks, He's proven that he's a capable quarterback, and I just hope that they get some wrap him around some talent, because that's what the NFL is about. And you know, this is not about X's and O's; it's about Jimmys and Joes. Do you have some players? And so I think that the NFL has devalued him based on what he had around him, you know, over the last two years. And I think the addition of Jalen Waddle has really helped his growth. Um, as a quarterback.
0: Yeah, and I think I mean, of course they were in the middle of the Deshaun Watson trade rumors, which I don't, I don't honestly believe because again, when we won't dive into that rabbit hole, but I don't think that the market was as strong for him as, as people thought uh, but Miami was in the mix of one of the teams the main team that was uh, reported to be in the mix to make that trade really almost giving up on uh by with less than two years and, uh, and remember he's been injured he's you know he's still you know not at his physical peak yet and, and I think he's recovered from some big time injuries Uh, I mean, so, yeah, I I think that's a little bit uh, unfair uh, the way he's been treated. I want to ask you about the NFC. Obviously, you know, I asked you over the weekend, I sent you a text. I'm like, hey, we're going to mention the Cowboys. (laughs) And, of course, they play the Washington football team. But Dallas, in a game that they really should have just run away with, Yeah. Dallas being Dallas, Dak throws an interception, a pick six, and now you give Washington, a team that really shouldn't have been in the mix with you, an opportunity. What's your take? What's wrong with Dallas? What is going on with them?
2: You can't trust them, Doc. That 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 it just really comes to that. And it comes to that from the top down. You know, I don't know if any NFL owner trust Jerry Jones, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if you can trust Dallas. They have enough. Clearly they have, if you're talking about talent in the NFC beyond, I, I think the only team that may be as talented as them is probably Tampa Bay, right? With all of the firepower that they have on offense. Other than that, Dallas is clearly, in my mind, the most talented team. But you just can't trust them. You can't trust Zeke to put his head down and go get the three yards, the offensive line. They make some bonehead penalties. You know, you just can't trust them. And I would be very leery of them. They, They should. To me, they should play Tampa Bay in the NFC championship game. But you just don't. Dallas could very easily lose three games out of the next five and not make the playoffs. I mean, that's just who
1: they are
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
0: and then on the, the uh, other side what uh, uh, you know another team that's sort of like that is a team that lost this week the arizona cardinals i've been saying all year long i don't really believe in them i don't really believe in them the rams go into arizona and, and they're not they haven't been a really good home team they're only three and three at home and they're seven and oh away what's your take on the arizona cardinals
2: well, I think that Arizona is still learning how to be a top tier team. And that means something. You know what I mean? How do you perform when you're expected to win? For so long, Arizona has just been a team that, you know, we're going to win four, five, six games, seven. And that's what it is. When you start becoming the hunted, that's a whole nother mindset. And so. I'm not necessary. I'm not down on them. I think again, they're a team that has all of the talent that you need. To me, it's how fast can they adapt to being the hunted and not lay eggs on games you clearly should win because that's what separates championships. True champions they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat, and it's not even close. I think that they'll be fine. I think that over the next few weeks, they need to learn how to be the hunted team and how to really come out every game prepared to play to another level and not just show up because we have better players.
0: Final question uh, before we let you get out of here. A lot of parity. In this in this season, is that good? And I asked Eddie the same question. I asked Terrence the same question. Is, is it good uh, to have this type of parity, or do you want those dominant teams? Obviously, we see Tampa ten and three, but you also see Green Bay ten and three. I mean, you see some some teams that are doing it, but not that that dominant team is going to go what fifteen and two or or, or sixteen and one or whatever. Uh, is that which is better for the NFL? You think?
2: Well, I think that, you know, for me, I want the Miami Dolphins to dominate, right? (laughs) I want them to go 17-0, by the way, they're the only team that's ever been undefeated. Right. But I I think for the NFL, it's very good when you have as many teams still in the hunt as there are now, because that boosts ratings, fans, we're still in it. You know, five weeks ago, Miami, or or, or six weeks ago, the the Dolphins were 2-7, and you know, and I was, you know, not wanting to watch football. And all of a sudden, they climbed back in, and now they're 6-7. and And now, you know, the city of Miami and Miami fans around the world are back watching the games and excited about what's going on. So overall, I think it's really good for the NFL when you have as many teams as there are now still in the hunt. Now, ultimately, my heart is probably going to be broken, and I'm going to wish that I would have just let it go when they were 2-7. and But it's certainly good to just be enjoying football, and, you know, my team is still in the hunt.
0: Well, I tell you what, man, we have traded – New Orleans Saints talk for Miami Dolphins because of course Eddie always talks about <laughs> and I will never let him live down his his true belief in Taysom Hill so, but again so you know now we don't uh, have to talk as much New Orleans Saints uh, especially this year when they're not quite, quite uh, uh, relevant at this point but hey I certainly enjoyed the, the inaugural visit and it's going to be great to have conversations with you moving Forward,
2: and and I really appreciate. I did want to say this uh, to your followers, man. You know, you you talked about being engaged in the swag for thirty years, and one of the things that Eddie and I always talk about is, you know, when you're young and you come into the NFL, you were that guy who would come and talk to swag players and point us in the right direction and say, hey, man, go over here. This is a great spot. Here's some places that you can go live. Hey Amen. You know, those types of things to really get us acclimated to Houston and helped us along the way. And I think that it's important that your fans really – recognize who you are and the type of guy you are and how you really support the swag you know through and through in every way that you can so I just wanted to uh, thank you for what you did for me when I first got to Houston and how you pointed me in the right direction and all of that and I'm also looking forward to the show I had a great time today and I think it's just going to get better and better
0: Hey man, I I certainly appreciate that and I, I look forward to it as well, man. It's going to be we're going to have a whole lot of fun uh, like we always have and, and what a smooth transition into having you a part of it. So we look forward to it and we'll catch up with you real soon.
2: Thanks, bro. To have
0: your comments heard, call 832-941 six six one four enjoyed that conversation with reggie and i really appreciate the kind words about early in the careers of uh, both of us and so that was really really cool you know what it's time to uh, shift gears and get into a segment that we call the
2: lamont award
0: i don't want to wish you no bad luck but I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preserve and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player team entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Now, I'm a little bit late on this one, but I still had to pile on. And maybe you have caught this and maybe you didn't. Well, if you're familiar with college football, and many of you, of course, are looking at the areas in which we get our, our listeners from you already know that Brian Kelly left Notre Dame to go to LSU. Now, now this is for my, my hardcore college football fans. If you don't know who Brian Kelly is, then, of course, you may not, I mean, because a lot of people just watch the NFL and the NBA or MLB, whatever. But if you don't know, he's a native of Massachusetts, and he spent, or whatever, 10, 12, 13 years at Notre Dame, and now he gets the job at LSU. A ton of money, just a ton of money, replacing it all. Go Tigers. Yeah, well, Ed Ogeron, he couldn't stay on top long enough. He, I guess he enjoyed the the fruits of his labor a little bit too much, and they run him off away from LSU, and they replace him with Brian Kelly. Well, if, if you've seen this, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, Brian Kelly, in his first weekend in Baton Rouge, he goes to a basketball game and addresses the crowd. And what ensued ensured that he would be a Lamont Award recipient. Here's what he said.
1: It's a great night to be a Tiger. I'm here with my family.
0: Now, that's just a brief, brief, brief clip of what he did. And if you don't, if you're not really paying attention, did you catch the accent? my family, my family, and it's just tremendously insulting to the people of Louisiana. So you think that we only want coon asses to be our head coach? Is that what you think? You think that we only want folks that are from New Iberia or St. Martinville or, or, you know, Thibodeau, Louisiana, to be our head coach? No, they hired him. He was a known entity. They just want him to win games. Because guess what? Alabama doesn't have a coach with a southern drawl. They have Nick Saban. And if you want to replicate that, and apparently you're trying to by bringing in Brian Kelly, you're doing it with the wrong kind of dude. This guy is something else, man. How condescending is that? Like, you're going to pander to them like that? Like, you're from Massachusetts, dude. Now you're, my family is just insulting to me and i don't know how lsu fans feel about it it's embarrassing it really is embarrassing that your coach came out and did that to think that he had to pander to folks like that but for that reason you are a big dummy you big dummy I mean, how insulting is that you, you gotta do me like that you're gonna talk to me like that i mean i don't know if we, give me your take on that eight three two nine four one six six one four hit me up on facebook well that'll wrap things up inside of this edition but before i let go before. Before I let go, want to thank our sponsors. want to thank, of course, Reggie Brown. I want to thank all of you who called the Sports Line. want to thank Terry Donald for her music. And, again, we'll hear an entire track at the end of this podcast, so you can hear a whole song. And you can check her out on Spotify, on Amazon Music, on Apple Music. Joy to the world. Terry Donald, T-E-R-R-I-E, Donald. And uh, look for it. And, again, want to thank all of you. Want to remind you, go to the website. You can try the website, wadeswordproductions.com. Hit us up on social media, on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. Also, the Sports Line, 832-941-6614. And if you can't remember any of those things, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.